my name is uh, Lynette and uh, I'm part of this congregation and during this time that Megan is on maternity leave there are various people who are going to share in the preaching ministry of the church. Well it's an exciting time isn't it and made even more so when we hear the news about Megan and Charlie and Zoe uh, welcoming little Eden into their family. Our first child was born on Christmas Eve, so I know something of that excitement when you have a baby who's born very close to Christmas. In fact, uh, he has always thought that uh, he owns Christmas because his birthday is so close to it. That's Andrew. <laughs> Christmas up close. God up close. It's less than 48 hours to go or two sleeps, as we tell the children, until Christmas Day. The time is near. And you might be like me, ticking things off the list of last-minute preparations. So Christmas is very close. How close are we to God? Because that's the message of Christmas, that God came close to us and still comes close to us in Jesus. Time is a significant feature in the biblical narrative of the birth of Jesus. The ancient Greeks had two words for time, chronos and kairos. Chronos is chronological time, the time that we can measure by days and hours or the clock or calendars. Kairos also a Greek word for time, is an opportune time for action. Or, as it is used in the New Testament, it is the appointed time in the purpose of God, the time when God acts, the time when he breaks into our chronological time. Paul writes in Galatians, when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman. Or, when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son born among us of a woman. The timing of the visit of the wise men, the story we heard about from Matthew's Gospel, was important. Note how King Herod wanted to know the exact time that the star had appeared. In Matthew's account of the visit of the wise men, after they had met with King Herod, the star led them on until it hovered over the place where the child was. The message version expresses it this way. They, the wise men, could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. The time of Jesus' birth was God's appointed time, the moment for which God had been long preparing. It was about 400 years from the ministry of the prophet Malachi, whose book is the last book in the Old Testament, until the birth of Jesus, 400 years of waiting. The action of God at a specific time, a chronos time, during the reign of King Herod, 
and historic time is also a Kairos moment because it is the turning point upon which all of history pivots. It's both a Kronos time and a Kairos time. We also have those Kronos and Kairos moments in our lives. We can take each moment of time as an opportunity to see Christ present with a person who is with us at any specific time. I wonder if you have had the experience of contacting someone or receiving a call yourself or a message from someone unexpectedly and it has been just the right time. Have you had that experience? You might call someone and they say, oh, I'm so glad you rang. This is what's been happening. Kronos and Kairos times are very important for us. There is a poignant story told about Nelson Mandela and it relates to time. He endured almost three decades of his life in prison because of his stand against apartheid in South Africa. It was a long time. Incidentally, there is an exhibition of Nelson Mandela's life at the moment at the Melbourne Museum. It's on until March. Uh, we've been to see it and it is well worth a visit. Mandela was forbidden visitors. This is how the story goes. But after 14 years of imprisonment, imprisonment, he gained permission for a visit from his daughter who came with her new little baby. And she placed his granddaughter into his hands. And he said, to hold a newborn baby so vulnerable and soft in my rough hands, hands that for too long had held only picks and shovels, was a profound joy. I don't think a man was ever happier to hold a baby than I was that day. Mandela's tribal culture had a practice of the grandfather choosing a new baby's name. And the name that he chose for that baby was Zaziwi, which means hope. Later, he said, the name had special meaning for me for during all my years in prison, hope never left me, and it never would. Hope. When he named his granddaughter Hope, he would not gain freedom for another 13 years. Another vulnerable tiny baby was held one day. A young Jewish girl gave birth to a baby and placed him in a manger which is a feeding trough for animals. It may not necessarily have been a stable, that's what is depicted in nativity scenes. It may have been part of a house. Mary and Joseph looked into the baby's face and named him Jesus, which is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua, meaning God saves his people. His name contains a message of hope, confirmed by the angel's message of good news to the shepherds after Jesus was born. Today, today, a saviour has been born for you in the city of David, in Bethlehem, a saviour who is the Messiah, the Lord. Jesus is still saviour and Lord today. 
And in the time that is yet to come, when he returns at God's appointed time, all the kingdoms of this world and all earthly authority will be subject to his reign and his rule. He is described in Revelation as the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He holds all time in his hands. The psalmist expresses this beautiful thought, my times are in your hands. Your times are in the Lord's hands. All praise to Jesus. Well, the shepherds and the wise men had the joy of seeing Jesus up close. Because of Christmas card scenes and nativity settings, we have this mental picture of a disparate group surrounding Jesus who were all there at the same time, shepherds, wise men, angels, animals, and of course, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. The more you can get into the scene, the better. But the wise men, and not necessarily three, it's only because there are three gifts mentioned that we think there may have been three wise men, could have been more, arrived sometime after the birth and entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were. There is no mention of the shepherds in Matthew's Gospel. The shepherds are in Luke's narrative. So we combine the two narratives to have this this picture of what it may have been like at Jesus' birth. The wise men had come in search of the newborn king of the Jews. When they found him, pay attention to what they do. They were filled with joy. They fell down before him. They worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. The gifts were appropriate for who the wise men were. Educated, important and wealthy men. As we reflect on this story and hear it again, I ask myself these questions. Where am I seeing God up close this Christmas? What gifts are in my hands as an expression of worship? With so much emphasis on gift giving and through TV ads and junk mail brochures, we're encouraged to buy, 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 spend, spend, spend. Don't overlook the gift of unhurried time spent with people who need some company or who are confined to a hospital bed or an aged care room. The gift of a note or message that lets someone know you are thinking of them. The gift of a prayer that lifts someone into the presence of Jesus. The gift of undivided and focused attention to what is happening right in front of you the person or people around you at a particular time. A friend of mine sent me this message during the week and I have asked her permission to quote her. She wrote, Every year takes us all to unexpected places. That's what's exciting and sometimes nerve-wracking about life. 
I like this image of the Magi following a star because their research and observations led them to believe that something and someone important was about to be birthed. So deep was their conviction that they were prepared to travel a very long way to give honour to this. About her own situation, she writes, spending a lot of time alone with illness and injury for a second year has deepened my own conviction about the worthiness of seeking, knowing and following. I observe and feel great suffering, but I also observe and feel great love, compassion, kindness, generosity and sacrifice intimate images and experiences of God who is never distant. Peace, joy and love are a lifetime pursuit and practice. Hope and faith are seeds sown deep within humanity. In these times we need a good dose of these and more. And she finishes her message with this. So I wish you and pray for you and yours, all these things, not just at Christmas time, not on loan for a season, but as the gifts of a lifetime. God up close. God who is never distant. God entered the mess, the chaos and the violence of the world in a fragile, humble form of a baby. If we had been in charge of the plan, I'm sure we would have done it differently. But because Jesus entered life as a baby and grew to be a man, he knew what it was in his own experience to be completely dependent on his parents and on God, his Father. The life of that baby whom we know as Jesus went from the manger at Bethlehem to life in Nazareth and Galilee to the cross at Calvary to the tomb and then into new life in resurrection. And when it came time for him to leave this earth, his final words were, be sure of this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Emmanuel, God with us at his birth. And at the end of Jesus' human earthly time, when he went to be with the Father eternally, those words, I am with you always, even to the end. The gift of the presence of Jesus for all time. As you prepare to celebrate Christmas, I encourage you to look for the signs of God's presence in the world around you. And then look again on Boxing Day and the day after and the day after. Because the gift of Jesus' presence is not just for Christmas Day. God is with us up close through the gift of the Holy Spirit's presence within us. When God came to our world in human form as Jesus, he was expressing to us how valuable and how precious our lives are to him. There may be times when you wonder whether your life matters to anyone. We can all feel like that at times. 
Maybe loneliness, times of illness, or when our strength fails, or when life is simply overwhelming. Let this assurance encourage and strengthen you from the Galatians reading, Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, and now you can call God your dear father. Jesus is not the only one who calls God Father. We have that great privilege. You are God's own child. And since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. You are precious in his sight. And the Holy Spirit brings God's life and love right into your heart. Not just at Christmas, not just for a season, but always. So after the Christmas tree is discarded or if it's put away, after the lights come down, the decorations go back into boxes until next year, God remains up close. I shared that message when I conducted a funeral just nine days ago. The family said they didn't want an overly religious service. So it's always a challenge for a Christian minister when people want you to conduct a funeral service, but they are aware that they don't have church connections. And even if they had church involvement, as this family had a long time ago, they no longer attend. But it's also a great opportunity to share something of the Christian hope at a time when people have invited you into a space where they need comfort and reassurance. So I thought about how do I communicate this in a way that is gentle but true. In the service, I said how difficult it is when someone dies close to Christmas. And a couple of us were talking about this just with some people who've died just in the last week in sad circumstances. December is a time when many people struggle with the expectation that Christmas will be full of joy. The struggle is very real for many people. The death of someone close. Illness, unemployment, violence, isolation and loneliness, poverty. For a family experiencing grief, there will be an empty place as the family gathers. Gifts bought that can't be given. And carols being sung when sadness is a reality for many. Particularly at this time of the year, it can be hard when you see decorations around and people wishing you a happy Christmas, but in your heart you don't feel like celebrating. That is how it is for many people. It may even be that for some of you. I reminded the mourners at the funeral about the reason for celebrating Christmas. That God came into the world in the gift of a baby, Jesus. This happened so that we can have hope, even in the most difficult of times, even in the sadness of death. 
Jesus, the one whose birth we celebrate at Christmas, said, Because I live, you also will live. It makes a difference to how we live our lives now, knowing that death is not the final end. If death were the end of everything, the complete end, where would we find hope to comfort us, to remind us that our lives all have a purpose, that we are here to help each other, to walk with each other on this journey of life? And for those of us who are Christian believers, to be able to express in the way that we live and the words that we say where our hope is. We are invited to have faith in a God who wants to draw us all close to himself in life and in death because he deeply loves each one of us, whether we think about him often or not and whether we go to church or not. God's love is there for each one of you. You would have all experienced challenges this year, losing a loved one, illness, family difficulties, life struggles. We all know that in our human experience. But into your experience comes this gift of the Lord Jesus to be with you. We have the assurance of his presence as Emmanuel, God with us. He didn't wait for us to clean up our lives. He came into the mess and chaos of our world and he comes into the mess that we make of life at times. No amount of human effort could ever accomplish that. It is a gift of grace, as Kate reminded us. Hear the message again today. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him and live abundantly with hope. And remember that God's love is with us, not just at Christmas, not just for a season, but always. God up close, the gift of a lifetime. Let's have a moment of prayer. I invite you to sit quietly and maybe reflect on just one thought that has come to you through all of our service today, not just the sermon. What is God saying to you about his closeness to you at this time? Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Lord, we sing that. And it is the prayer of our hearts at this Christmas time that you would come to us in a fresh way. Thank you for sending Jesus as a baby. Thank you for the gift of grace and truth that he expressed through his whole life and that he gives to us. The truth that he is your son, the son of God, 
given to us as our Saviour and Lord. Lord, in all the busyness of this time, I pray for each person here and for myself that we will not be so busy that we push you aside. Let us take those moments to draw close to you, to sense your presence, to sense your assurance that through Jesus you are with us always to the very end of the age. Thank you for the gift of your spirit who dwells within us. And so come to us afresh, Holy Spirit. Touch us with the love of Jesus, that we will express that to each person who is part of our life over the next few days. Lord, we thank you. We join with the wise men in falling down and worshipping you, opening the treasure chest of our life and giving you the gift of our life, our love and our service. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.